Tours podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion, pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. They should have got a, a 10 by 20. No, and the you and I were coming anyway. My big heads need to have somewhere to <laughs> somewhere, sit. Somewhere to sit, somewhere to lay them down. <laughs> so, so my brother, Mr. Brandon Waddell, you, man, Hunt Expo 24. I think the first time I laid eyes on you was Hunt Expo 2018. First real conversation was 2019, right in there. And a lot has, a lot has stayed the same. A lot has changed. Our friendship has grown. We've been on hunts together. Yep. Shared some laughs, shed some tears. Shared a missed sitting position on a bull I should have killed. Ah, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. I was not. How could go I there. not go there? That oh was a complete God. failure on my behalf. That was. I was that hungry was, for a Pop Tart. That was the coolest, one of the coolest bulls I've ever seen. And to see him dead after that. And and actually get to touch those antlers. I mean, it wasn't the same fulfillment, yeah. But but it was cool. That was a cool bull, man. And that was a fun setup. Some good laughs there. But yeah, brother, what's going on, dude? Just like you say here at the expo, just been hanging out. Crew's been holding down the fort for me at the booth, and I've been just cruising around, checking out some new stuff, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, just taking care of my loyal and growing that loyalty circle a little bit bigger. Heck yeah. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the shoots. So so you've been you've been grinding lately, right? You've been in some books, uh, you've been in the gym constantly, and you and I had a conversation, you know, a few times, but briefly we we talked about kind of that that order of priority when you're going after that clarity. And I wanna talk about that, right? As brief as these podcasts are. So give us the the nutshell of it, right? Because I was in full agreement with it, right? You gotta you gotta be here, then here, and then that that spirituality, that enlightenment, and that growth comes after. Yeah, I had some you know some interesting life events in the end of twenty two. Rough year for me to some degree, but not to dive down a rabbit hole there. Um, I just kind of found myself in a position where I don't know, maybe we'll call it midlife crisis at fifty years old. And if I lived a hundred, that's a good number for me. But you know, I just kind of had to. I had to find some direction. I was just mismanaging my emotions and my spirituality and my responsibilities and my relationships. And I just kind of found myself kicking doors down, pushing things the way they didn't need to be pushed and kicked down. And I was just aggressively chasing goals and dreams and then and basically setting myself up for failure and then wondering why. And so... In some of those moments that happened to me there that fall, I kind of found myself needing to really look in the mirror and decide what it is I really want, what I really need, and and look at what I have and really decipher what level those priorities were in. And ask about that. And so, you know, it took me really breaking down to probably one of the lowest places I've ever been in my life to begin to rebuild from there. And so with that, you know, I, for a long time, I used to kind of always think that, you know, people would always tell me, well, God is always first. God, if God's got to be first, 
So your spiritual health has to be number one. And then from there, everything else will work. And, you know, and, and to, to a great degree, this is true to an extent. But for me, what I realized was, is that what I thought that needed to look like was like this big, big thing. And it, it never seemed achievable to me to have this great spirituality and connection with God and all this and like, and go to church every week and go Wednesday and read my Bible every, you know, like I had this picture of that. I had to be like this amazing human in that respect, in that respect to, to start, to start to take care of me and anything else that followed. Well, so I always came up short. So what I ended up trying to do is just realizing that I needed to take littler bites of the picture and littler bites of certain things. And that basically to try everybody through COVID was always talking about this balance, a balance of life, a balance of work, what a balance that? of this. There's no fucking such thing. That's my personal opinion. There is what, what I think there is, is there's seasons and there's waves to the season. You know, wind blows, rain comes down, snow floats, you know, sun radiates, you know, fall has colors and time and there's hibernation and there's just there's flow to all these different levels of emotions that you have and when i talk about that you got your spirituality you've got physical you've got mental and you've got emotional right these are the four things that i always was struggling with how to put them where and how and how big a bite and how big the picture i'm sorry to cut you off but i think that that some of that is not I think you're on point, right? But I think that at least when I'm thinking about it, listening to you say it, I think the problem is, is that we think the mental, the spirituality, that we we put it into one bucket instead of segmenting that out or siloing those things and improving upon one. It's like you're saying, it's that big ball and who can make sense of all that? No, I mean, imagine it's easier to take four little balls and hold on to them than to hold on to one big stone. Right. You know, it's like one of those things where you got to break it and comp- compartmentalize it, like you're saying. And so for me, I realized after staring in the mirror, looking at myself, realizing what I need and talking and, and look, I have great people in my life. I mean, I reached out to you and Dennis and Joe and, and I've got numerous other friends that people on this podcast wouldn't even know exist. But like, so, you know, I surround myself with someone in my life that understands the physical component, physical health. Then I surround myself with some people that understand mental health. And then I surround myself with some spiritual healthy, healthy men. And then I surround myself with some emotionally balanced, stable, stable, strong, stable right. not balanced, but stable pe- men. Right. And I confer with these people and I look at them as like, they're like my guides in the woods. And what they do is, is imagine like you look at an onyx, they drop me waypoints for me to make my path myself. How I get to that next waypoint is on me. Is on me. But they drop these pins for me to navigate to um, on my journey through these four individual pieces. And so for me, I realized very quickly that my physical health is number one. Now, I'll explain how this all kind of works for me on a daily basis. But my physical health is number one. When I've got my physical health, I've got my emotional health. For some reason, I got to go kick my own ass in the gym. And when I walk out of there, I realize that I am emotionally balanced. Now I'm ready to take shit on. Like I've taken my anger out. I've taken my resentment out. I've taken my manliness. And I've, uh, and I've done my thing. And, and now I'm in a more stable place emotionally. It's then from there, that gives me much better mental health. That allows me to, 
to accept and and give and and different receiving and different and be able to communicate better as well. Okay. And then it gets down to my spiritual health. When I have those other three in play, then I feel so healthy that I feel like I can actually look at my blessings now. Right. I can realize what I have and what I and what I need and then what I want. That's the order I have in those places too, right? It's what I already have, what I need, the core needs of my life in those four places, and then what I want. That and if I do those first four things, then the things that I want start to come into play. Right. And the clarity to to plan to, to get achieve to those make those next yeah. waypoints. Right. 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 Exactly. And so for me, that's the order. Now, let me rewind. So I wake up in the morning. First thing I do, roll out of bed. We talked about that. A lot of people just get out of bed, man. They get out of bed. They put the feet on the ground. They're off and running. Me, I get out of bed. I put my feet on the ground. I take three big, deep breaths. And I say a prayer. And I'm thankful that I just woke up. And then I got my feet on the ground. And that I have the, and I have the opportunity to have this day yeah. and make it my day. And then from there, dude, it's taking care of my body, substance, Reds, greens, vitamins, take care of myself, get my foundation right from my gut, inside out, then motor for the gym. And I go to the gym and I work it out. And that's my time where I begin to start to think too. You know, that's when I'm thinking about my emotional, my mental, my spiritual stuff that I kind of plan my day in a sense while I'm working out as to how my day is going to be. And like, that's where I set myself up for success right there. When I walk out of the gym, dude, I'm like, I'm ready for the world, man. I feel strong. I feel encouraged. I what, feel, I, you know, what amount of time, I mean, not, and, and that would be different for everybody, but you know, I know what you were going through to a point. What amount of time did you see it as you were walking out of the gym, right? It's not the first week, the second day. Oh, on my physical health? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, no, no. Physical and mental. Oh, all the, oh so, I mean, it takes a little time. I mean, look, you got 50 years of unpacking here. You got 50 years of, of running ways that weren't serving me. And so it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of insight. It took a lot of journaling every night. You know, it takes a lot of reflection on a daily basis. Honest reflection. Yes. And, and just being true. Because if you're not being true to yourself in every aspect of what you're doing and, and true to the tools that you're utilizing and the men that you're surrounding yourself with, then you really won't have a true outcome. It, it me, True means all the way through. And if you want true accomplishment, then you have to have true reality in the beginning and in the middle and two-thirds of the way. It's seven-eighths of the journey. It, you can't miss a beat there. And so for me, it took me, it took me months, dude. It took me months. I mean, it took a while before Armando started saying, you're sounding better. You're clearer. You, you, you're starting to look better. You're starting to sound better. I can feel your vibe is getting better. You know what I mean? It, right. So it took some time. I mean, look, we're talking in 22. We're in 24. I mean, I'm a year and a half into this journey of finally, and, and literally in the last three or four months, people are starting to you know, say, you look good. You sound healthy. You feel good around me. Well, when like we your were, smile's different. Yeah. Your eyes are different. When we were talking to, I think it was Dennis that walked over. Yesterday, yeah, it was last Dennis night, that walked yeah. over yesterday. And just watching you interact, like, I, and, and, you know, however it sounds, right? I started choking up a little bit. 
right? Because I got a phone call from you. I was going down the highway and I had to pull off and I was in tears on that phone call, man. Yeah. And, uh, but to see it, 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 it choked me up a little bit. I might choke up a little bit now to see the difference, to feel the difference, right? And, and we'll joke around because of the shoot. And, you know, when you're running around that shoot, it's levels of red. Right. It is how I know when you walk up, you know, how how Brandon's doing today. But to see but to see your demeanor and everything and not to say that, you you know, you don't get fired up and, you know, you're a passionate dude. Right. And I'm I'm thinking about it. Right. You know, there took uh, there t- a lot of introspection and a lot of honest introspection and saying, you know what? And maybe that was the words. I'm a piece of shit. Right. Yeah, I'm a piece a few of those shit, conversations. Right. Sure. Yeah. And it t- it really then that's why I love the mountain so much. Right. Because, and I always say it, you know, the mountain makes me a better person, right? Cause it, it gives me that time to be honest with myself. I don't have the outside noise. I'm not looking at anything. I have no comparisons to anyone or anything. Right. Yeah. And, and as much as, you know, as men, as we don't, we want to say that those things don't affect us, that we're not influenced by those things, that there's no self, negative self-talk by the things around us, what we see, the material things that we want, what we want to achieve, you know, in, in our passions. It takes a lot of, of I'm a piece of shit, hardcore talks with yourself. But there's something there. One, there's something about just being honest and, and true to yourself in honesty to yourself and to everyone you deal with. Yep. But then when you're able to just really bear down in on it and say, yeah, dude, you got a problem. I mean, that that's huge, dude. What what did that what did that feel like when you finally when you finally acquiesced and said, yeah, Brandon, this this is real or it's not at all. Well, I mean, for me, it was life or death. And so, you know, it came down to that whole suicide notion of, and that was, that was where, you know, when everything happened with me and everything transpired, dude, and you're sitting by yourself in a cold, dark room, thinking about hours ago, I could have been splattered on a front porch. And then you start really digging in to how you got there and the demons flying around your head and and just all this stuff happening. I mean, it's the most scary place you can ever be. But the reality is is that you there's their raw crazy emotions of feelings of just inadequacy, failure, regret. You know, there's just so much involved in there. I mean, I think you're asking me, like, well, how'd that feel? Well, it was it was the loneliest place I've ever been in my entire life. And, you know, and, you know, when when you think about where where that place is, I knew that I was I never wanted to go back. Right. And I and I was I was so raw, so desperate that I was willing to to really look at myself in the most honest way I ever have in my life. Right. I mean, because. I just had to, I just had to, I mean, I, you you know, when I first started writing stuff about myself, it was just super dark, super, super not okay, man. Like, you know, I had to write pros and cons on a sheet of paper about who I am and where my life was and things I've done. And dude, like there weren't, there weren't very many pros. I mean, you a hundred cons and 10 pros if tops, right? How hard is that to realize? Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, reflecting on that every quarter is the key piece for me because now I can, 
every quarter, I, I do it again. I do this little program that the therapist has given me and I go through and I write it again. I answer the same questions again. And then it's cool to go back now and read those questions and look at where I was a year and a half ago writing the, my answers to those questions. And, and the same thing, dude, I cry every time because now I can tangibly see through my responses and my genuality of answering these things that because I was genuine when I did it the first time, I mean, like, because I was desperate right? and for change and clarity and knowledge. And so now I look at it and it's like, holy shit. Like now I'm able to tangibly see that I am making progress. It has nothing to do with how my body looks in the mirror. It has nothing to do with how I read books now. It has nothing to do with conversations I'm having with men. I mean, it all, all that matters. Don't, I'm not trying to take away from that. But, but when I read that, when I write, dude, it's like, it really explains to me where I'm at. And so, you know, and I can just encourage any man out there that's listening to this or even any woman that it's not easy. It takes work, but it's really comes down to consistency and the tools and the people that you surround yourself with that are the ultimate piece to the puzzle for me. You know, so you said the failure, right? And failure, failure. I, so I, I've recently started asking this question and I'll get to that towards the end, but failure is a lie, right? When you say, you, you know, you look at you, you know, being a failure, the failure is a fucking lie because if you, and I know how hard you work at, at what you do when you had your water business, you know, now with, with mountain archery fest, failure is a fucking lie because you weren't falling flat on your dick and walking away from it. Yeah. But it's the, it's those goals and it's not, it's never fast enough for us, right? No matter what we're doing, we're grinding, we're grinding, we're grinding and you get one hiccup and it's, I'm a failure. And it's just like, damn, man. So well, we'll get, well, no, I'm just F going Failure is a negative word, right? Oh, failure, it, failure is a, is a lost leader of a, of a tool of communication or, or grasping anything in my opinion. Okay. So failure is ultimately a, a four letter word. It really is. Okay. Because look, no one fails. Everyone learns. It's an opportunity. That's a negative terminology. And you got to take failure out of your repertoire in words that you use. Because anytime that you feel like you fail, no, you just learn something. Now, what are you going to do with what you just learned? Right. Look, learn. If you don't apply what you learn and you don't have some insight and some drive to figure it out, then maybe you're yearning towards failure. failure right. But failure is a secondary emotion term piece of the puzzle, right? And so that's what I had to kind of come to realize is, is that I thought I was a failure. I mean, there were so many ways I could have told you, oh, I, I failed at being a father. I failed at being a husband. I failed at being a, you know, a son. I failed at being a brother. I failed at, I mean, it's, holy shit. Dude, but, it's, and, like, but, but in all those situations, in all those situations, there's not a one-sided, piece of that right no. every one of those things that we'll judge ourselves <laughs> on as failures yeah, there's a something or someone else involved yeah, in that equation and, dude, and i would feel that way but if you went back and asked my children asked my wife asked my people that worked for me asked my brothers or sisters asked me, my dad asked my mom none of them thought that i failed at anything right you might have been that, was, that was look yeah <laughs> it, that was all in between my ears right right in here yep it had it really had no reality right and, and, and I've, and I've learned that and the mountain taught me that more than anything else. Right. 
that's where I learned it. So, so you know, let me, I, I thought of something when you brought up how we kind of treat the mountain as our church, right? And so to a degree of where that's where I'm away from all of these things. This is where I go and I'm closer to God, or this is where I'm by myself. And that's where I go kick my ass in the woods. And this is, you know, what I realized was, is that once a year, maybe twice a year, I was going to nurture myself in the woods, in the wilderness to get my attitude right. Remember wilderness attitude, mm-hmm. right? And, but what, what everyone needs to realize is, is that those components of the wilderness that, that set you right have to be in your daily routine. Yeah. Yeah. You or can't wait until September. Till then yeah. for this to, you know, but I used to think, well, I got to go take a week off in September to get myself straight. Well, then no, I just need to take a fucking 10 minutes every day. Right. In that retrospect for me. Well, it's, it's a reflection of what you gave for me. It's a reflection and being cognizant all year round of what I learned on the mountain, leaving my BS on the mountain and then bringing back that reflection and always going, tapping into that tool, so to speak, Applying right? it every day, every day. That's right. Every single day. And, it, yep. and that, and you've, you've heard me say it a million times, right? It, it makes you a better person. Yeah. In all in all ways, shapes, and forms. So so the question I've been asking people or or what they I ask them to ponder is redefine failure. Right? What what does that mean? Redefining failure. What does that look like? And are we've heard it, but what does that look like to Brandon? Redefining failure is taking some time from myself every day, working out in the gym every day making the contacts with my family every day, at least weekly that I need to make to keep my relationships in the right place. Redefining failure for me is also engaging in classes that I'm taking, seeing a therapist, reading books that are self-helping me, communicating with my with my guides, if you will, to see if I'm close to a waypoint, see if I'm getting where I need to be, and basically journaling every day and eating cleaner. Those are, those are, that's, that's redefining failure to a level of saying failure doesn't exist in my life any longer. These things exist in my life now. And so I have redefined all of my failures that I thought I had and down to that given day that I was there in the darkness and I've, I have just exuded the darkness and I've provided light for all, for the spaces that I need and failure is no longer a part of my, of my life. It just isn't. So, so with your, with your march up the hill, have you seen that rub off on your friends, your family, people that you love? Have you seen that rub off? Have you seen you being their light or your guy that's handing them the waypoint? Yeah. I mean, I've got people that are definitely looking up, you know, I mean, you know, even when I came here to the show, I got people Dennis stood there right in front of me, right? And said, dude, or Joe, both of them have, they're like, dude, we're watching you. We're watching you grind. We're watching you work. And you're inspiring me, man. You're inspiring me to, to do some things. You're inspiring me for change and things where I'm, where I feel that I'm not to my full potential, right? Because that's the other side of failure too, right? You think you're failing? No, you, you are, you have to reach your full potential. Are you doing what you can? Are you really giving a hundred percent? Like, I'll tell you, I mean, I was doing really good. And then I did 75 hard. Dude, that program right there made me realize that I thought I'd microed down to little pieces. To the No, no. I, I was closer, but I wasn't there yet. Right. It was, I, was I managing my time right every day? No, no, I wasn't. 
Was I truly making the real space for myself that I thought I was? To some degree, but not to the, not to my full potential. You know, it's funny you bring up you bring up that program, right? And and that's one of the things about it because you're like, you know, well, I don't have time to do all that. Yeah, well, yeah. And you then do. You, you start doing that, <laughs> and you realize you do have time. But even more importantly, how much flipping time a day you waste? Oh, dude. doing nothing. Yep, nothing. Because if you look at seventy five hard, right? That's what two forty five minute, minute workouts, workouts. One after so that side, ninety minutes. Right. But it's never 90 because you got the walk-in time, you got the drive right. time, okay. or so, even if you're working out at home, you're changing clothes, you're doing different, it's an hour. Okay. Minimum. So, so call it, so call it two, two hours, hours of your day, yeah. right? We've got 22 hours left, 10 pages, depending on the book, depending on the reader you are at the end of that program, you're going to be re- reading better. So call that an, an hour. Even a half, dude, right. to be honest with you. Right. I mean, I can read 10 pages and a half and I'm not a good reader. Okay. And I'm, and I'm faster than that. Right. So just for the sake of it, right. That's, th- that's three hours right. out of 24. You have 21 hours, a gallon of water carries around with you all day long. It's and, inconsequential. And, and, and people think that's a lot, but if you think about a 12 hour day that you're awake, that's only eight ounces an hour. That's a cup of it's a cup of water yeah. an hour. Yeah. And then, you know, you go, if you're a nine to five grinder, you know, some folks work 10, some work, work 12. I mean, you have more than enough time. Seven hours sleep. Right. You're done. You're done. And that when I did it, it was the funniest thing, right? Because it was like, whoo, you know, what, what it is, the, you know, the hardest thing in it and it takes no time is a goddamn picture. It almost yeah. broke me off the program three or four times because it was like, oh my God, the picture. And then. I set my time limits on everything, right? So yep. this is by if I don't make it by this time, yeah, me too. Dunzo. Yep. yep. But my point of that was is we always holler there's not enough time in the day. And yeah, things are unbalanced, right? You said that earlier. There's no balance. There really isn't a yep. balance. If you're gonna focus in on something, there's your balance, right? Yeah. Uneven. But to say I don't have time or not to make time and and focus on these things, that clarity that it brings, and when you commit to it. It opens your eyes up to everything that you are missing or the the potential. Yeah. The potential that you have to achieve what you want to achieve is really spelled out for you in that program. I mean, not to make it about, you know, Frisella or 75 hard or, no, no. you know, one yeah. P, but it's that program is, is pretty bitching. Well, I, I t- uh, uh, here's a, here's the main part of what I can convey from that for me. Is, is that it gave me a better time management. It gave me more introspect to, to the point of as I completed that program and as I've been working these different steps that I'm doing, the classes and some therapy and reading and, and going to the gym and eating cleaner. So when I was working really hard, chasing my dream at math, like kicking down doors, I'm working every day, grinding the computer, making phone calls, doing all this stuff. What I realized was is that I would only, I would get, I'd go 10 steps and I'd come six back, 10 steps, six back. But when I started actually taking care of myself and taking care of prioritizing my values in the right set, suddenly all these things just started coming to me easier. Right. My business started growing better. Like you're saying, how did the weight go out? Do my business started doing better. My crew started doing better. Things were coming to me, events, different options, different things. My, you know, my real job running water got easier. The system quit fighting me as much. It's like everything around me started working in more of this awesome way of flow. So, so, you know, ultimately, working. Ultimately, you were in your own freaking way. 
Oh, dude. So here's what I tell people all the time, dude. I spent 50 years at basically with a chest full of grenades. And just about the time I'd be hitting my stride, I'd pull a pin and I'd toss that fucker out in front of me and I'd blow my shit up. Some way, somehow. Some way, somehow. Dude, I was just self-destructive, right? (laughs) And, you know, and the crazy part is, is that a lot of times I didn't even know I was doing it. Right. I had no clue. And so, yeah, I think that when you really start to concentrate on making sure that you've got your health and your emotion and your mental management and your spiritual shit alignment with how it works for you. And I just had them for the last few years. I just had them discombobulated and, and lumped into that big boulder. Like I had to carry, like I, I had to have a big bite of the pie. I couldn't take a little nibble of this and a little bit of that right. and work my way to this to the center, to the center of the right. waypoint that I'm trying to accomplish. And so, you know, I tell you, man, it's done nothing but been a blessing for myself and all things around me. Anything that's in my world is doing better because I'm taking accountability and seeing it in the mirror and the reality it started from and staying consistent and disciplined and driven for those four things, first and foremost, and everything else is starting to fall into place. My flow state is going the way it needs to go. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up with people always, you know, they jump on on whatever grind it is. I'm going to read more. I want to do this in business. I want to work out. But they'll do it for a little while. They'll fall off. What's your message for that? Consistency and discipline, right? I mean, you just, look, You people want to make it more complicated than it needs to be. They think they got to have this to do that or have this to do that. I mean, it's like even in hunting, right? We all know that we just go buy a bow, get some arrows, put a broadhead. Not, we're going to practice and stuff. But look, you don't have to spend $2,000 on a bow to go kill a deer. We don't have to make this more complicated. We don't have to make it all crazy. You can go out, you make a good shot. You got a dead deer. You practice, you consistent, you're disciplined, you do your thing. You know, it's like, oh, I can't go hunting because I don't have camo. Dude, just go the fuck out. Go fucking hunting. Yeah. You know, you Blue can't kill deer. You can't kill deer because you don't have your sick on. Yeah. You know what I mean? What the? Really? That's right. You know, I mean, we make everything more complicated. Simplify. Simplify and and journal. Journal to yourself. And every day I, I set three critical tasks that I want to accomplish the next day. Nothing else matters in my life other than those three critical tasks. And what happens is, is as I'm accomplishing those three critical tasks, the rest of my shit gets done. It just naturally works out. Just falling. And so, dude. It's all about looking in the mirror, making a choice, and and writing it down what you what what you have, what you need, what you want. Every day in your critical tasks, you need to be thinking about those things, nurturing what you have, taking care of something you need, and working for something you want. But you're gonna grind. It takes work. It takes discipline. It takes perseverance, and it takes one step at a time. My brother, always a pleasure, man. Oh, thank you. you. Oh, we didn't. Where, so where's math at this year? Let's talk. Oh, geez. Talk okay. Cases. We can talk about that. Right. Yeah. So I got a tentative Kentucky day happening in the beginning of April. Then we've got Kingston Downs in Georgia, April 19th through the 20th. Camp Freedom in Pennsylvania, May 3rd through the 4th. We've got Macaulay Heritage Park in Grafton, Illinois. Actually, Campsville. Soldier Hollow in Midway, Utah. Antelope Butte, Shell, Wyoming. 
Purgatory Resort in Durango, Blacktail Mountain and Lakeside. That ends our tour on July 12th. Basically, there's a shoot every two weeks from the beginning of April to mid-July. And then we just added our a great opportunity for people in our Bowhunter Comp and other people in our world to make it to the Derek Wolf Invitational April 2nd and 3rd in Bailey, Colorado. So I got full schedule, dude. I'm putting so, the crew out there and making them run is that, this year. Is Bailey at American? No, Bailey is at at the Wolf Lodge at his, oh, wow. at his property place. in Bailey, Colorado. Oh, that'd be yep. cool. That'd be really cool. All right, you guys, check out Mountain Archery Fest. If you want to get a hold of Brandon, get a hold of him over there. If somebody hears this and they want to reach out and have a, a one-on-one with you, man, how do they get a hold of you? Man, you can reach me out on my email, brandon at mountainarcherifest.com, and just reach out, hit me up. And you can find me also, Brandon Waddell underscore on Instagram. If any of this resonates with you, if you want to talk about any of this, if you're in a shitty spot or a great spot, hit me up. Love to talk about it. Cool, my brother. Amen. Love you too, brother.